Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Excuse me the fuck, but I have to re-record because some people are not very considerate. But that's fine. Um, And you know from listening to this show, I mean it, man. Oh, I mean it. I mean it. Um, 2021 was a hell of a year. It was a fucking crazy year. Not just personally, but this this weird odyssey. As I said, I did not plan this. 17 concerts in all. I do like the number 7. The number 17, I was like, what? And yes, I will admit, it was... I was like a kid in a candy store. Because, you know, you'd see a tour. Oh, I'm going to go. I want to go. And then I'm realizing, oh... I can go. All right. Purchase. I mean, it wasn't like I was going to Taylor Swift like five times. Then I'd be broke five times over. Um, and I was kind of thinking about going to an, an 18th show. Um, Tom York has another band. And I thought, oh, okay. All right. But then I was like, it's not Radiohead. When it's Radiohead... I'll go see him. So this is it. This is it for the year. Next year, I've already got some shows lined up. I know. It's like, God, that's sick. Wow. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. A lot of these shows are, you know, what had happened with COVID. An example of that is Tool. This year, I saw Tool for the fourth time. Um, In 2020... I'd seen them in Fresno. That was the third time. And then they were going to do a spring tour. Well, what happened? COVID happened. So then that whole spring tour was canceled. So 2022 was them making up for what they started because they didn't want to leave it languished. And so my friend and I went and saw them. It was visceral as always. It was a different set list. And so people started to get pissed because, oh, they're not going to do the original songs. And I'm just kind of sitting there like, well, they already did. And I was and I was so fortunate to have seen them on that 2020 tour. But this time around, it was different. It felt it felt good. It felt more. You know, they they played a new song for the first time, which was. um Calling, calling voices. That was it. Made its debut in Sacramento. So, huh. The next one was Buddy Guy. Buddy Guy. So Tool was in January. Buddy Guy was in March. I was supposed to see Buddy Guy in September of 2021, and then it was pushed back. And so my friend wasn't able to go. So her daughter went in her place. And later on, we saw Buddy Guy. But we'll get to that. Um, a lot of these were firsts, you know. Ministry. I wanted to see Ministry for such a long time. And this was a last minute purchase. And so it was Ministry and the Melvins and another band. And so on a Saturday night, before the night before Easter, I got in my car and went to San Francisco to see Ministry. Without realizing that, oh wait, I'm going to be back on Monday to see Deftones and Gojira. Okay. So I show up and I'm thinking, okay, you know, 
I've got my checklist in terms of everything I, you know, this, 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 paid for this, parking. There was one thing that I forgot. And it wasn't until ministry took the stage that I was like, oh, shit. The moshers were wearing earplugs. And when ministry got on and I'm right there in the front. After the first song, I couldn't hear myself cheer. Oh, my God. I mean, at, at the same time, a part of me is like, oh, my hearing will come back. This is so rock and roll. Yeah. But I will tell you, it was scary. We'll get there is there's more scary moments in this whole odyssey. So <laughs> um, I could hear some of the show. They did a lot of great songs. And then and the Melvins, the Melvins were exceptional. The Melvins, you know, they started off with the Nirvana and they started off with Soundgarden and Buzz Osborne. I mean, come on. There's nothing better. And Ministry did a legendary set. So I go home. I had the ringing in the ears. I saw the doctor a couple of days later. My hearing was fine. But then I went and saw Deftones and Gojira a day and a half later. And uh, wore the earplugs. I could hear the I could hear the music, so it just filtered out the toxic noise. But I will say, and I've said this before, controversially, that Gojira outperformed the Deftones. I love the Deftones. This is my third time seeing them. But the fact that this new band, new band, Gojira, they've been around a long time outperformed the Deftones it was magical in terms of how they play and their ferocity and everything and the visuals but it was really about the music I was so close watching Gojira I mean it was there was a pit forming right in front of us and so then Deftones come on and I moved further back and I stayed for Deftones, and it, and they were good. They were they're always good, but the fact that the new band outperformed them was just crazy. And now we arrive at Behemoth. I had been wanting to see Behemoth. I want to give a shout out to George Trombolopoulos, whom I've had on this show to talk about the Devils, and I've been on his show to talk about Fiona Apple. Shout out Strombo Apple Music. Um. And he had had Behemoth play at his house, the House of Strombo, in 2018. And so I watched it, and I was just in awe of these guys. The, the music, the imagery, the makeup. And I just became a fan right there. And one night I was in a certain state, and I couldn't listen to any other music. So I put Behemoth on, and I felt like I was in this sonic cocoon, thanks to the AirPod Pros. Um... And yeah, it was, and so I immediately bought a ticket, saw them. Napalm Death opened. Arch Enemy was also on the bill. I only stayed for Behemoth. As Arch Enemy was going to come on, I left. And I didn't feel guilty about that because I was like, my intent was to go for Behemoth. And it was, it was magnificent in terms of the imagery and in terms of the visceral, you know, and, um, they're, they're a Polish metal band, so come on. And then we arrive at Bob Dylan. I'd been wanting to see Bob 
for such a long time. And Bob Dylan is one of those artists who has been overanalyzed, dissected. And so he really, out of that necessity, has created many different characters. Whenever you see Bob Dylan give interviews, he really is playing a role. You know, they asked him once, why do you still tour? And he's like, well, it's a, it's a deal that I made a long time ago with the chief commander. It's like, okay, who's the chief commander? But at 81, he was still vibrant. He didn't do a lot of classics. He did do, most likely, you'll go, you go your way, I'll go mine. My cousin was like, did he play Everybody Must Get Stoned? I said, no, but I wish he had. Um, he didn't do Like Rolling Stone, and he didn't do an encore. This one woman went ape shit because he didn't do Like Rolling Stone. She just looked at me and said, he always does an encore. And I said, well, he's not doing it tonight. Um, he did a lot of new songs. We gave him standing ovations after every song. And so that really is, that's a moment to see this man who had 81 still has the uh, potency that he had decades ago. Um, and then we arrive at Joan Jett, Poison, Motley Crue, and Def Leppard. Well, I'd been wanting to see Joe Jett a long time. Joan Jett, Joan Jett is truly an authentic rock and roll performer. There is nothing fake about her. It's all about authenticity the way she plays, the way she sings, nobody sounds like Joan Jett. And so to be able to see, I've, I've loved her a long time, to be able to see her perform. And I thank my friends because, you know, they paid for the tickets. It's like, you know, sometimes I pay for the tickets. It's like, okay. Joan Jett, Poison I was not a fan of. Montley Crew was okay. Or as my friends or someone told me later at the Nine Inch Nails show, you saw the geriatric. Motley crew. Yeah. I mean, at first, you know, you see the smoke, you see the pyrotechnics, and it's like, oh, okay, Dr. Feelgood. But then it's, it was limp. It was very limp, shall we say. And then Def Leppard closed out the show. Def Leppard, legendary band. Great. And then a couple days later, I saw Nine Inch Nails. And uh, that was fucking crazy. And I've always loved Nine Inch Nails. A lot of these moments were firsts for me certain bands that I'd always wanted to see and Nine Inch Nails I I wasn't really prepared I mean I'd known all the songs but the videos don't do it justice like I would film it and then I would watch it later and I'm like these videos don't do it justice because what I experienced was like having sonic lightning shots hit me it was like having sunspots hit you, but it's in the form of music. They did Closer, of course. They did March of Pigs. They did The Perfect Drug. They opened with Somewhat Damage. I mean, that will forever ring in my ears how they did that. And it was in Berkeley. And I remember when I got there, that line wrapped around the block. That, that, for us all to be in that whole context, the C9 Inch Nails. And then a couple of weeks later, Buddy Guy for the second time. We got to see him in Sacramento at the Crest. And 
We filmed a little bit, but then we were later told not to film. It was great. Um, I could I could tell you that that second time this year, I I looked I thought that's this is the last time because I know he's planning a final tour. I don't think he's going to come through here again. He's going to be 87 next year. So it was a it was a fitting thing to see him twice. Um, and then we arrive at that crazy month of October. Where I said to myself, as I was leaving Mountain View that week, I won't ever do this again. It was fun, but very tiring <laughs> and taxing. <laughs> so it, first week of October, I went to see Meshuga legendary metal band from Sweden I started listening to them a few years ago that was really the beginning of a wild experience first of all Meshuga Meshuga sound better live than they do on record there are very few bands that can do that where you listen to the record the record's great but then you see them live and it's like aliens taking the stage and it's very Nordic. It's very cold. It's very metal. And they open with Broken Cog, which is such a great song. And it was so hypnotic. And it was so visceral. And it hit you. And the Tool, I think when I saw Tool this year and how they opened, that and Meshuga right there. Those are the best intros in terms of really, you know, Tool opened the, t- the show with Fear Inoculum, which is a very slow song. And Meshuga opens with also a very kind of slow song where it builds. Um, and in fact, Tool have taken Meshuga on tour before, but not this time. Um, and then the next day, I went and saw the Black Keys in uh, Mountain View at the Shoreline Amphitheater. Band of Horses opened for them. Um, I'd been wanting to see the Black Keys for about 10 years. So to be able to see them, you know, they did Lonely Boy and they did Gold on the Ceiling. They did, um, what was that other song? Uh, Howlin' for You. And uh, <laughs> they're, they're just so great. And they, had, they did a blues set um, in between the show. And so there was this gentleman sitting next to me and he had seen them in, in Vegas when his son. And he says that the Vegas crowd didn't like the blue set. But here in Mountain View, we love that blue set. Uh, unfortunately, there was a couple in front of me who was making out during the entire show and getting touchy-feely. And at one point, we were sitting down and the girl's hair was dropping into my water. And I just gave her a dirty-ass look. I almost wanted to say to her, and I didn't because I didn't want to get into a fight. Get your split ends out of my water. And please stop making out. We can all see you. I didn't come to a show to see you and your little boyfriend make out and get all... I'm all for PDA, but not while I'm trying to watch a show. <sighs> Sometimes that's where it's kind of like, maybe they shouldn't serve alcohol at the show. I understand it's an experience, but people do some really stupid shit. Um... So the next night was Aftershock. Aftershock. Evanescence and Slipknot and 
Oh, God. Who else was on that bill? <laughs> Rob Zombie. I didn't stay to watch Rob because I was at the Slipknot stage. And I waited there and Evanescence played. Evanescence were actually really good. I wasn't expecting that. Then the, then Slipknot takes the stage. And I was talking to these people and we were we had this good kind of energy. And they're like, let's stick together. I'm like, okay. And as we're talking and Slipknot starts... A mosh pit opens to the right of me and these guys start coming at me and I quickly reacted and got back into the crowd. There was crowd surfing. There was a wheelchair being passed. It was madness. And I think many of us were like, we thought we were going to die in that mosh pit. But Slipknot went through a very wild and wet set because it was hot. It was really hot. You could bring water to Aftershock. And, and, you know, it's a community kind of experience. But Slipknot was just wild. The next night, I went and saw Chevelle, Lamb of God, and Meshuga for the second time. Chevelle were okay. Lamb of God were wild. That was my first time seeing them. I saw a little bit of Danzig, legendary. And then I walked all the way to the end of the, to the, the, the park just to see Meshuga. It was a shorter set, but it was still just amazing. And some people were pissed that they didn't do Bleed, but I was like, whatever. And so that was a crazy four-day odyssey. And then the next week, yes, the next week after after teaching, I went and saw Pussifer. And Pussifer was just crazy. It was hilarious um, to see <laughs> Maynard James Keenan go into these other characters like Billy D. And... Um, you couldn't film until the last song. I got to talk to these two guys who were in the military. So I stuck with them because I thought, okay, if a mosh pit forms, which it didn't, I'm safe with these guys. And now we arrive at Chelsea Handler, which was also a last minute purchase. And I went all the way to Wheatland, which is outside of Sacramento, just to see her, her vaccinated and horny tour. It was hilarious. It was like, again, after a week of teaching, it was a great um, vacation to just go and see Chelsea Handler. And you couldn't film. I, I did take a picture later on. But when she got to the stage, she couldn't believe that Wheatland was a town. She's like, I thought I was playing in Sacramento. We kept driving further. <laughs> So yeah, it was it was one hell of a night. And so on Friday, I went and saw Morrissey with my friends. It was amazing. Morrissey is, as to quote my friend, he's still got a lot of issues. We think he's a boy locked in a man's body <laughs> because he abruptly left. He did he did his nineteen songs. He didn't leave in the middle like he did in uh, Southern California, you know. He did some really great songs. For me, I wanted him to do How Soon Is Now. He didn't do it. He did not do it. But he did stop me. If you think that you've heard this one before, he uh, he opened with a lot of really great songs. Everyone seemed to like it. But the fact that the way he acted and his demeanor, it was really a turnoff. And a lot of the San Francisco publications were noting that in their review of Morrissey is a problematic character, you know, how the Simpsons parodied him and it just turned into a big shit bowl. But it was it was a great it was a great experience. And then we arrive 
at the final concert. Arcade Fire. Now, I had tried to sell the ticket. It didn't happen. Yes, I'm aware of what went down in terms of the allegations because they are considered allegations. Feist had pulled out of the show. Beck. I was really going to see Beck. He pulled out of the show. This other band who was a Haitian band opened for them. So I didn't know what to expect with Arcade Fire. A lot of people didn't seem to want to talk about the allegations. Understandably so. They were trying to separate the man from the music. Because they were really there for the music. But I'm sure it was in the back of everyone's mind. As it was the band. In terms of the performance. So. I didn't buy a t-shirt. Because I thought, oh, okay. I didn't I didn't know what to expect. I did, when I was on the Bay Bridge, get an inkling, a gut instinct that they're going to surprise you. So I kind of put that away. I was like, yeah, right. And they did. Arcade Fire, as a live act, really earn it. They really earn it. They opened with some new songs. That stage was a visual, like a giant eye. All these different visuals just striking. Um, they went through the new album. They played a lot of classics. And I was up top because I had a general admission ticket so I could sit anywhere. So I decided to go up on the top. And then toward the end of the show, I went downstairs just as they were finishing up the suburbs and going into some more songs. Um, Regine. uh was on one little stage singing um, a song from the suburbs and it was magical it was magical to just see that whole band sonically with it together they are really a tight band and that is so evident by the arrangements they walked out at the beginning through the crowd and then Wynn would perform and walk into the crowd so it really was, it was an experience. And I read that they always do this, that they are one with their crowd more so than Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was magical. At one point, their encore, they went to a smaller stage right near where the mirror ball was that was hanging from the ceiling. It was like going to a club. It was like a magical rock disco. And everyone was in it together. And that really is my concert experiences. 17 concerts in one year. And like I said, I will not do this again. Never say never. And so I I state I will not do this again. Okay. Nope. Next year, I'm going to go see... Death or Depeche Mode in March and then in October four days at Aftershock so that's it if maybe Behemoth tours we'll see we'll see but I don't plan to go to that many um, that was a lot of time a lot of effort determination just to get in the car and go <laughs> because a lot of these shows are spread out um, 
but yeah it was it was a magical experience i can say that in 2022 i broke the mold going to 17 i can also say i will not do that again because it, at the end of the day it is kind of taxing on your body i would come home i would go to sleep wake up eat drink you know hydrate myself and then get back in the car and go <laughs> so it was a nomadic kind of experience especially in October where it was back to back you know what I mean I mean back in April I thought oh this is crazy ministry Melvin's then Deptons Gojira it's nothing compared to October of this year the first week of October and so I wanted to dive into that at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast and I'm tired of saying music edition because music and film go together. Many of those shows that I went to, there's a visual experience going on. It's a package. We are all in it together. And um, yeah. So for all of those shows, all of the crew and everything that put those together, I say thank you. And um <laughs> What I did was crazy. What I did was, like I said, I, I will not do that again. I will not do that again. And, um, yeah, I, I've learned, well, you get what you get in terms of those experiences. So here we are the end of the year concerts and it's and it's not even december yet it's not december i'm fully aware of it but as i've said before to be able to do what i did and to see these shows some i went by myself some i went with others but you know at the end of the day i didn't give a shit because if I wanted to really see that artist, I'm not going to wait for people. I'm not going to do that. Okay. Huh. So yeah, to really tie it all up into a bow and just describe it, and just talk about it. Why am I talking about it? Because it was an experience. It was an experience. And, and it was one that, like I said, I do not want to do again. I mean, when you're when you're in the moment of it and you're experiencing it like aftershock. Aftershock really is a community. And the, so that's why I'm trying to get friends to go because going by yourself is kind of a little weird cuz it's a cuz it's a festival where when you go to a show by yourself, it's different because there's a few opening acts, the main act comes on they're done and then you leave where with Aftershock you have to get on a shuttle and um, you get to talk to other people that you wouldn't necessarily talk to there were people from all over the world at Aftershock that was the other thing this was an international explosion different bands different people from all different walks of life huh so I guess this re-recording turned out better than I expected. Better than the original. More emotional. More visceral. 
So yeah, think of that number. Think of that number. 17 shows. Not seven. 17. I mean, I was happy with like when it was at 10. I was like, okay, I could do 10. But 17, after each show, I would be like, okay, almost like visually in my brain crossing off that show like okay I've got this many left (laughs) so yeah I um it was crazy it was crazy as I've said I will not do that again thank you my listeners for going on that journey with me at the Dr. Seuss Film Podcast I think I recorded every night or beforehand or even after but it was a trip it was an experience mosh pits which to me look like blenders hazardous materials ahead yeah yeah but that's the Dr. Zeus film podcast in a nutshell is uh, these visual experiences and they really were visual anytime you're dialed into a band and you're dialed into the music then the visuals come or even lack thereof just to see the band up close and to hear them rage into it that is a visual all onto its own I mean I was planning to just talk about the Northman but I've done so many shows about the Northman because I watched it for the third time last night that's like going to a concert you are in that experience that visual experience that Robert Eggers has created for you and when it comes to these bands that visual experience it's whatever you take from it that's really what it is it is it's your your soundtrack so as always unpleasant dreams <laughs>